So my sermon uh, title today is called Know Your God. Not your God, like as in you are God, but know the God who created you. Um, and he's been, you know, teaching me through it through a different way, uh, through my experiences right recently in, uh, in foraging. I have been uh, foraging for edible plants and mushrooms this past year. It's a scary, frightening thing. Um, and uh, I'm part of a, of a group online called Vermont Foragers, okay? It's, it's a group about, I think it has like 10,000 members right now. Um, and it has experts that oversee the group, and people in the group are posting every day a lot of different photos of, of mushrooms and plants that they found and say, hey, is this a chanterelle? Is this, this the right thing? And a lot of the time, it's not the right thing. Um, and somebody will say, uh, actually, you have the false chanterelle. Or you have something that's really dangerous um, that's called the jack-o'-lantern mushroom. Uh, that looks a lot like the chanterelle, um, but it can make you really sick, um, and you don't want to eat it. Uh, so anyway, there's these, these overseers that, that comment on the photos. And uh, over the course of this year, I've learned so much uh, about what's out there in the Vermont woods, so much that uh, I felt courageous enough to go forage myself. And uh, so just to give you an indication of what I'm, what I'm eating these days, uh, fiddleheads. I don't know if anybody's ever had those. Fiddleheads, yeah, there, there's only one type of fiddlehead you can eat. There's like lots of different types. The ostrich fern is the only one. And there's a lot of ferns that look like it growing in the same patch. It's really scary. But I, I have enough confidence so that, I, so that I pick them, eat them. They're awesome, uh, and, t and tons of them. Ramps is something that I found. Uh, they're all through the woods. And when you find a patch, they're everywhere. There's, also, there's something that's been in the news. Uh, a lot, oh, they, they pop up in the spring before the leaves come out. It's called the false hellebore. Um, and many Vermonters have gone to the hospital because of it. It looks like a ramp, definitely not a ramp. And there are ways to tell. OK, trust me. Uh, let's see. Morels, I got into those a little bit this year, found some on my property. Um, and just this week, uh, chanterelles have been out, like just like a golden field of chanterelles, like tons of them. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, like I said, there's a, there's a lookalike that I had to be really cautious about. And then I found tons of oyster mushrooms this week. There's like logs of them. I know, you're getting excited, Brian. He, he tried to like cultivate them in, in logs, and then they got washed away in a flood, I think. <laughs> And I thought of you. I have a bunch in my, my fridge. Anyway, I, didn't bring, I was going to bring some in, but I was like, wait a minute. If I hold these up, the kids might think they can go out and find these things. I'm like, I don't want that in their minds. It is a very, uh, something you really want to be educated about. Uh, and you don't want to just go out there and, and pick. You've got to know what you're doing. And that's why my sermon is called Know Your God. Because, and, and, and the lessons I got from this whole journey You've got to know your plants before you eat them. And you have to know your mushrooms before you eat them. You can't just kind of know them. Like, know a little bit about them. Like, okay, I kind of know a little bit. You wouldn't trust me if I knew a little bit about a mushroom and I brought it in and said, yeah, yeah, I, I know some of the characteristics. No way would you be eating that. And same with yourself. You wouldn't, you wouldn't eat a mushroom or a plant that you don't know everything about. And the same is true in Christianity. That's the fir first principle I want to bring out. You don't want to be on the fence with God. You want to know him. You want to know your God, okay? Um, and, 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 and real quick, just, just so you know how much I know about fiddleheads, and I'll talk about knowing God. I've gotten to know fiddleheads so well um, that I can drive at 50 miles an hour down the highway, down, down a road, Route 9, 
and I can spot fiddlehead ferns in the spring on the side of the road, and I can know, oh, that's not a fiddlehead, that's, that's one. And it, it terrifies my wife because, you know, there she is up there with Arlo, hi. Um, she's always telling me, keep your eyes on the road, even this morning. Look on the road, Joe, pay attention. I'm like always looking off, and yeah, it's, it's a dangerous time in the spring for me because I, I'm like rubbernecking for fiddleheads. Um, I, I know them so well, I, it's not even a question in a patch full of ferns. I know what the fiddlehead is. I, I, just, the, the, uh, I just know which one it is, and I could tell you, don't have time, how to find one. I, and I've actually led people, my parents, hey, here's fiddleheads, let's go pick them, and here's how you know, and all that. So I, I know it enough to teach it. Um, and and one, of the, the ways, one of the surprising ways I've come to know the Lord Jesus, and you're going to be shocked by it, um, you know what rap music is? You know, like, it kind of paints a picture in your head a little bit like, oh boy, there's some, some dirty stuff in that. They actually have Christian rap um, that actually brings clarity and truth to the Lord Jesus. And I've listened to Christian rap since my middle school years. And there's this group, one of the original groups was called the Cross Movement. And the Cross Movement, um, I'm just going to quote him. His name is the Ambassador. That's his name. He's part of the Cross Movement group. I'm going to quote him. He says in one of his songs, it's just like him talking, he says, you can know your God. Like, not your God, but you can know your God. Be discontent until you know your God. What he's like. What he likes. What he doesn't like. What he said, what he hasn't said. What kind of things would he say? What kind of things would he definitely not say? And though you won't get every answer to every question about God, because God is inexhaustible, if you learn the true God, he will come and make himself known to you through the blueprint of Scripture. Learn him. It's important, brothers and sisters, that we are not content with knowing God at arm's length. We want to know him. We're in a dangerous world. There are many lookalikes to Christianity that you may want to be true. You know, when I was first learning the fiddlehead, I really wanted some of these ferns to be, I almost ate them. I really wanted them to be the fiddlehead. I really did. And when you find like a mushroom, you're like, you're like please be the one, okay? But we have settled on a God who is the creator, who is the one. And don't be content until you know everything about him that you possibly can learn through reading the scriptures and spending time with him. Because there are dangers out there. Let's turn to our first scripture, Psalm 34, 8. And I'll be having the scriptures up here on the screen. Um, I'm reading through the NIV. The, uh, I feel like it preaches pretty well. It's really clear. Um, I read the ESV version, but I, I like to preach from the NIV. I feel like it, it does well. Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So you can see how... I, I, you're going to see me go back to my foraging throughout this sermon, but you need to taste it. You need to spend time with the Lord Jesus, not just now, not just right here, which is very good, but taste and see that he's good. Don't be content with just... Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. We studied Ephesians last week. Uh, David LeBlanc came and, and preached out of it, and uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and he ended on verse 15, and I was actually going to do my whole sermon on this, on this section, um, and then, and then I, I got distracted so, with, with these connections. All right, 
For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. That's what we want. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and is his incomparably great power for us who believe that this power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So, in the beginning, in the first verse I read, Paul acknowledges their faith in Jesus. They have that in their service and their love towards the saints. They have that. So they believe in Jesus and they're actively serving, but he wants more for them. He wants them to know the power of God. And you can't know it unless you spend time with him, with God through his word and through setting aside time in your day, through worship, uh, through prayer. Um, so, so Paul is, is calling these, these believers to, to get, tap into that power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. Okay, that's an awful lot. And we can know that power. We can be part of that power. Um, and we can know that God. Um, Ephesians three seventeen to 19 is another prayer in, in the book of Ephesians. He has two prayers. And here's something else that we want to get to know about God. Not just his power that's available to us to change lives, to set us free. This is what he says. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, to know, to grasp, to understand how wide and how long and how deep and high is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be feel, filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. We want to know his love. Don't be content until you know his love for, your, for you, not just for your brothers and sisters, but bask in that love. Enjoy it. Go out. Go out from this place and forage for it. Pick it. Study it. Get to know it. Spend time with the Lord Jesus and let his love just have, have, a, have a meal with him. It's amazing. It's amazing to get to know his love, and it will change you. Philippians 3, 10 to 11. Paul writes again, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now, he is next level Paul, right? Um, he doesn't just want to know the power of God. He doesn't want to know, just want to know his love. He's so crazy about God, but he, he's like, I want to be like him in every way. I want to be like Jesus in every way, including his suffering. I want to be intimate with that as well. And not just like, all right, I'm going to go hurt myself suffering, 
but the kind of suffering that comes from when you are living out loud for your faith. When you're not hiding your faith, you know, with your, with your friends, you know, that are Christians. You're not hiding it away with them or with, uh, it, you know, not even, not even doing that, just like keeping it, keeping it to yourself. Uh, when you are actively spreading the word of God to people who don't believe, a lot of times that suffering can happen because of that, especially in a time of Paul that, that he lived, uh, you know, read about Paul, he really knew uh, a lot of suffering. And so he was so obsessed with Jesus, he's like, I want to be like him in every way, and he encourages us to do that too. Um, and, and knowing his suffering is also part of it. Um, and, you know, walking through suffering with the Lord is also part of the journey as well. You can't, you can't just say, it's going to be, you know, go forge for the Lord Jesus, go pick him and all your problems will go away. It's not true. It's not true. But you will have someone who's faithful by your side in that suffering. So uh, another part of getting to know um, these, these plants and these specimens is to get to know the counterexamples. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I know things really, really well right now, confident enough to eat some random mushrooms in the wild or, or fiddleheads or ramps because I've seen the counterexamples. I've seen the photos of what's not it. It's close, but it's not it. Um, and one of the criticisms that I can't say who it was, but, some, uh, but I guess I'll just say a friend um, was making of Christianity was, you know, oh, you're just a Christian because, you know, you, you, know, possibly you grew up with it and you kind of put blinders to all the other religions and you haven't examined them fully. And, you know, why don't you, you know, that was, that was one of the criticisms. Uh, this, this particular uh, friend grew up in a Unitarian church where all religions were equal and you, and you grew up studying every one of them and everything was fair game and then you, then you have them decide, okay? Um, so we know what's poisonous. We know what's going to harm our children and so we're not just going to say, all right, eat and enjoy and, and this, is, this is life. But at the same time, we are raising our kids to be able to go out into the wor- world, into the woods and be able to forge for themselves and be able to recognize what is bad for them, recognize it, not try it on their own when you're not there. And so it is important, I think, to not shy away from what else is out there uh, as far as study it and, and, uh, and, and know, and don't just close your eyes to it in order to strengthen your own faith in Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid to, t- when someone asks you a hard question about the Lord Jesus and like, hey, you know, why isn't it just everything? Be willing to examine those things with other people. Be willing, not, not so that you're like, oh yeah, this is another truth. They're lies. They're poisonous. You know, there's a mushroom out there. I, I can't remember the name of it. But you eat it, and you might think you're good. And uh, time goes by, and about this, so the toxins are in your system, like in your kidney and in your liver, and it's actively breaking down your kidney and your liver, and you don't know it. Six weeks go by and stuff starts coming out that's bloody and all of a sudden you're in the hospital with kidney or liver failure and you're in huge trouble, right? So there are truths, there are not truths, there are lies out there that uh, they might, okay, hey, I just ingested this, maybe it's, maybe it's good. 
and before you know it, you're in, you got a, your life is a disaster, right? And isn't that true in this world when, when, we, when we pick different truths? You know, we, we rest in Scripture for our truth alone, right? Uh, scripture alone. But it's important not to, um, not to ignore the counterexamples, uh, not to ignore like, okay, God is like this, he's not like this. You know, oh, this kind of is like God, but it's not the, it's not the point. Let me, let me show you, pay attention in these verses that I read, and I want you to listen for like the, all right, this is not what God is like, as much as this is what God is like. And I think it'll help bring clarity. John 10, 1 to 18. Um, and and this, is, this is about knowing the voice of God, right? Um, and listening to it. You know, we get that through the scriptures now and the Holy Spirit. But John 10, 1 to 18. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Hope you're hearing some of the contrasts here and the, the counterexamples to Jesus. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there, there shall be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, my Father loves me. So the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Some counterexamples. You look at it. Is there any other way to be saved? Is there any other gate? If you see a gate and you're like, okay, you know, it's not Jesus, but it kind of looks like him. You know, I'm going to try this gate. I'm going to walk through it. No. You know, it, even if maybe it, maybe it has some similarities to Jesus, it makes you feel good and you really want it to be true. He is the only way. There's only one edible fruit, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. All others may taste good, look good, you know, have all the qualities, but they will lead to a spiritual death. There, may, there are many that will look alike, and will try to draw you away. Don't listen to them. Jesus has not come to steal, kill, or destroy our lives. You know, sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes we get tricked by the enemy. We have an enemy that's unseen in this world, 
that tells us that Jesus is actually destroying our lives, and he's taking away life, right? But we need to trust that he's not, and look to the examples of those that have, been, have walked in this life out for a long time, and trust that it is good for you, even if you're in a season of discipline, where things don't feel great, like my guts are in an uproar right now, you know, how could this be good for me? Trust, I guess, trust the testimony of those that have walked through the trials and have grown in, in the Lord Jesus for a while, and, say, and, they, and they'll tell you it's part of the walk. You know, some things are not, it's, some things are not palatable always. They don't, they're like, man, that can't be good. That can't be good. But just ask somebody who's been walking, and maybe they've had experience, say, you know what, actually, that was the best thing in my life when I had this experience or when I learned this. You know, just don't be afraid to ask. Um, ask the experts. But nobody really is the you know, ultimate expert, of course. Even myself up here, um, I'm still learning. I'm still learning my fruit, absolutely. Um, Another contrast, Jesus, Jesus is not like the hired hand, okay? That's the counterexample. Someone who just like comes swinging in like for a day and they're not really invested. Jesus is invested in your life. He's not just going to, when things get tough and the chips are down and the wolves come, he's not going to abandon you. In fact, as we know in the scriptures, when that happened, he threw himself as food for the wolves, right? He died on the cross for your sins so that you would be reconciled to God. That's what he did. All right, another point that was in there, nobody forced Jesus' hand. Nobody, like, you know, tricked, tripped him up and forced him and said, all right, you know, you know, like I, you know you're going to die on the cross and it's going to be a complete mistake and accident on your part. He said, no, no, I had authority to lay it down. I laid it down on my own accord. No one twisted my arms. He sacrificed his life for us willingly. He was thinking of the joy to come, our relationship with him for all of eternity, which is the best fruit of all. Spoiler alert. What does the voice of God sound like? I'm going to read for you a, uh, a big chunk of verses in Isaiah 55. You want to know his voice? Listen to this. This, this bit of scripture is really, you, you get to know a lot of the heart of God, and you can see yourself in this writing. It's amazing. Okay, I really like this section, um, and you can see the connections to foraging too. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. This is the voice of the Lord talking to us. Why spend money on what is not bread and labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples. A ruler and commander of the people. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways 
and the unrighteous their thoughts? Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts, this is God talking, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields for the seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. You want to know him, read his word. That is our primary way. It will not return to me empty, speaking of his words. When you take them in, it's not just going to like get out of there and, and, and do nothing for you. But, I, it, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. I can think of no greater thing I could find in the woods than something that's going to make me go out in joy and in peace. You'll be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees in the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of the briars, and the myrtle, myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. So take the fruit of the Lord, and it will change your life. All of these blessings will be upon you, and it's not for your glory. Right? At the end there, it's important. It's for the Lord's renown and His glory that He does that. And thankfully, a little counterexample before my next point, God is not like a wild mushroom or a wild edible because often those are difficult to find. It's not, it seems sometimes like they're hiding from you when you go out into the woods. It's like, okay, I'm going in all the right spots, you know, by a river, okay, it's the right time of year, you know, there's a dead tree here. It's, it's a beach. It should be on this. It's not like that with God. It's not like that with God. God, our creator, the one who created the heavens and the earth, and all that's in them is an active pursuer of you and I. He knows just how and where to find us. We're not the pursuer, pursuer in the relationship. And he's not a big group kind of God. He's a God of the one-on-one. He wants to find you. He's not, he's not going to be like, all right, wherever the crowds are going, that's where I'm going. Wherever you are, that's where he's going. That's what you just need to know about God. He's going to leave the 99 who are in safety. He's going to find you, the lost sheep. If your experience with God, if your experience with God is one that you are part of a church group you hear about God there, you receive some of your teachings, but you keep Jesus Christ at arm's length and don't actually try a relationship with him for yourself. You're missing the point of why we're all here. We want everyone to mature in the faith to the point that they all, you all, we all, can step out and become our little foragers out there spreading the word of God. We don't want to just stop here. That's the goal. I think I'm on my final point. The point of this group that I'm a part of, Vermont Foragers, 
is not to admire someone else's fruit, although that's cool. You see it, and you're like, wow, that looks great. The point isn't to watch their videos sometimes, or their awesome photos of them out in the field, picking them, and they actually share recipes, and they cook up sumptuous meals, and, and they're smiling, and they're happy, and they're like, and you're like, yeah, I'm so happy for you. That's not why I'm a part of this group, right? That's not it. The point is to learn and get out there yourself. It's not enough for someone else to know the fruit. Eventually, the whole point of the group is for you to know and experience the fruit yourself, to get out there in the Vermont woods, in the Vermont hills, in the Vermont mountains, in the Vermont towns and cities. It's the same way with the Lord Jesus. It's the same way with God. It is good to be here today, right? And to enjoy singing with one another. It's a vital part, learning from his word. Hopefully I'm sharing a little bit of fruit with you today and enjoy it and take it in, okay? Like this is part of God's design. He wants you to get together, not just in a building like this, but in people's homes, um, walking down the street with each other. He wants you to share food with each other, okay? But there's no way that we're supposed to have someone, like I'm feeding my son Arlo, I just had a, just had a baby, he's you know, pretty young, you know, from a, from a bottle, like we're responsible for feeding him, right? We're just giving him his food, right? You know, like we don't want to just be like that as a church, right? Where, you know, Brian is, is preaching and we're just like, okay, thank you so much, Brian, giving us a bottle, this is great. You know, we love it. It's, it's, it's food for us. You want to be able to go out there and get out of the home, you know, grow up, go to college, and, and be able to forage for yourself and, and get fruit for yourself. That's the goal, right? That is our goal. Be able to forage for yourself. That, that's my last point, I, I think. I, I have, like, side points. I don't think I'm going to make them due to time. Okay. James 1, to 25. Let's hear from God's Word. Let's make sure I'm just not making this stuff up. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, which is the word of God, that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. When we study and learn and get to know God, the completion of the work is to do. And notice that this brings freedom in your life. How often does it feel like, oh man, you know, a bunch of rules and regulations going to church, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be a Christian. It's just going to be a straitjacket is what it's called. Christianity, when you act on your faith, brings freedom and blessing. Freedom, happiness, and joy. To be, a, to be a follower of Jesus, we have to leave the comforts of home, get out into the wild world, world and do, and forge for ourselves. With other people, of course. There's safety in that. So know that um, the contrast, if you are a Christian and you're trying to be a Christian, and you're hearing the word of God, and you're coming every Sunday, and you're not doing, you will not have freedom. That's the contrast. You will not have joy or blessing. We don't want that. That's not good. 
That's not good to hear and not do. Thankfully, we have a helper, the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ, the Father. They're with us, and we're here, we're in it, we're in it together. We're not just going out alone foraging, okay? And there's grace because, yeah, we're not perfect at it. John 14, 1 to 12. I'm getting close here. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, my Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go there to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. He's talking to his disciples. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even, if I, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you, how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who, does his, who is doing his work. Believe in me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Okay, all that to say, verse 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. Jesus is our advocate. You know, he's the one who empowers us to do our, get out there and go and forage and, and have fruit. We want to be connected to the vine, okay? But if you know him, you'll do. That's what he said. If you know him, you'll do. Okay, I actually have one more point. I'm sorry. Uh, the third idea that I've learned from the Vermont Foragers group is that the people in that group are passionate and excited about their foraging. They post those pictures that I talked about, capturing the pure joy on their faces, showing me their meals, and, you know, uh, all the variety of mushrooms and plants that are out there. What effect did it have on me? I casually joined it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to join it. When I saw all their excitement and all that good-looking food, the effect it had on me is I want what they have so much that I went out and found it for myself. I want what they have. They're ordinary people. They're going in the woods in Vermont for free. It's free. I want what they have. I can all but taste the deliciousness of that chanterelle on the plate in butter and garlic and thyme. That's a recipe, by the way. Salt and pepper. And I've gone far and wide to find what they have found, just based on their picture and their testimony. So, too, we should live our lives as believers. My first connection, Matthew 5, 13 to 16. You've heard it before, maybe in a different context now. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything. It's said to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You, church, are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
And Mark 4, 21, it says, Jesus also said to them, does anyone bring a lamp and put it under a basket or under a bed? Does he not set it on a stand? Psalm 103 has been really close to my heart lately. Uh, really been guiding me in truth. And this is, this is me uh, advertising a relationship with God to you. Okay? This is how I want to do it this morning. I'm, I, I'm very excited about it. Psalm 103. And uh, in, in the Psalms, it, it's one big advertisement for God. Right? When you read it, when you're feeling down, or even when you want to celebrate. It's one big advertisement. And, you know, it's got ups and downs, the Psalms. There's a lot of suffering in them, but there's also, also a lot of joy. So hear me and my testimony uh, this morning about God. I'm going to read the whole song, so be ready. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He makes known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. That's my God, compassionate and gracious. I need that compassion and that grace. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. <clears throat> he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. And, you know, and I'm tearing up a little bit because I know the depth of my need for his grace and his forgiveness. And it's personal. It's on the one-on-one -on -one right now. And I'm thinking about my relationship with the Lord. <clears throat> for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for us. For those who fear him, as far as the east is for the west, is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we're formed. You know, just thinking about how much I... You know, know the, you know, want to know the Lord and, and want to know these plants. and He's the one who knows how I'm formed, everything about me. I just, I just amazed at that. He remembers. Guess what? We're dust. <laughs> the life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower in the field and the wind blows over and it's gone. And the place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts, the Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everyone in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Pray that. Make, that. make that the one-on-one -on -one with you and God. Psalm 103. Tell him that. Be with him. Enjoy it. 
And so just so you, so you don't think mushrooms and, and, and plants, you're probably sick of hearing that. My wife up there, I've, I've been crazy about it, you know, for a long time. Uh, and that's like what I talk about. God is so much better. He's such a better treasure than anything you could find. And this is how I'll end. Matthew 13, 44 and 45. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. <clears throat> again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had to buy it. <clears throat> From Jesus' words, we learn that nothing we can possess or find on earth can compare with finding him. When we find his sacrifice for our sins, ultimately, everything we find on earth is going to tarnish. It's, our fields are going to wither. You know, as we read earlier, our bodies are, are not forever. It could be our time any day. Um, our homes are going to crumble. We're going to retire from our jobs. Somebody else is going to take our place. Um, but God's kingdom was vibrant before you were born. It's vibrant now, and it'll be vibrant for all of eternity. I just want you to find that today. I want you to find that, Lord Jesus, the greatest treasure that you can find. And don't be content. Be discontent with keeping God at an arm's length. Don't be satisfied with not knowing your God. Know his great love for you. Know it. Bring it close. Know, know everything it is about it. And you, you can't know everything about God, of course, because he, he's inexhaustible, his ways. But don't be content with what you have now. Paul wrote to believers who were really good, who were better than me, way better than me, um, at following the Lord Jesus, way more committed. He wrote to them, those guys who were given their lives for the Lord Jesus, to know him better and his power better. Know it more. Know him more. Know his power more. And Paul said, I want to know him more. I want to know everything about him, even his suffering. I want to be part of that. I encourage you today to do that. Let's pray for um, um, those in our lives that, that don't know the Lord Jesus. In this area, let's find ways to reach them to be a little louder, um, a little more out there, so people see our good works, so people see our testimonies, and they want what we have. Let's not hide it. Let's not hide it. All right, let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, I want to give you praise and glory this morning. Um, thank you for uh, using one of my passions uh, to teach me more about you. Thank you for leading me by the hand uh, this week as I've been preparing uh, to teach and for, um, for your goodness towards me. I thank you for your compassion towards us sinners that are together. Um, your compassion that never fails. Um, thank you for all you're done, you've done, and you are the greatest treasure in this earth that we can find. Give us grace. Give us grace, Lord. Let us live in your grace and in your love, and, and I, I pray that we would pick more fruit this week. We would go and find more about you ourselves. We would not be content with the fruit that we have this morning. And we would each go out and find you. Um, and find, and God, um, 
thank you for pursuing me. Um, that's, that's the special testimony that I have this morning, is that you uh, pursued me and you found me where I was. And, um, and God, thank you. And we, we're going to praise you with a song and uh, uh, praise you uh, with fellowship afterwards. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. <laughs>